I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh yeah, I talk about livery sometimes. Alright, which one of them did I hate this year? Ceres fans put out their list of the special team liveries of 2023, something I recommend you looking at after this video for yourself, link in the description. But thanks to those chaps, it reminded me. There were some one-off liveries this year, but then there were some that were probably not worth being a one-off and should have just been... off. So here are my five best and five worst. And oh yes, feel free to put yours in the comments. And I promise you I will not make this a McLaren whitewash. We'll start off with my fifth best livery being a McLaren one, and... It's not the one you think. Considering how many liveries they've pumped out and how much I've longed to put the chrome one on here, I had to limit myself to just one of their liveries, and that would have to be the Triple Crown livery, which, thanks to the success that came about from the chrome one at Silverstone, people have tended to just forget about, as this livery came right at the time when McLaren weren't exactly doing really well, and they were trying to find things to really drum up hype about them, because it's like... There's nothing going on here. We're really at the back. We hired this new guy and he's not really doing well. We're going to look like fools. Uh, nostalgia! And then we had a really, really cool promo about all of the history about McLaren getting the Triple Crown because Zach Brown cannot stop talking about that fact. And we actually got a livery, which was really nice. I remember seeing the leaked images that we could see the cryptic hints toward it. And the final result was just mm, very nice. Very nice indeed. It's just such a shame it came at the time when McLaren were effectively one of the worst cars of the season and people really didn't care for it as much. It encapsulated brilliantly the mix of colours of the old Marlboro livery but packaged with Le Mans colours at the front and the papaya from the indie efforts of the 70s at the back but the pattern just looked like the 80s McLaren's cars. And the choice of numbering to go with the Le Mans version with the white box with the really bold black text, that was perfect. Really nice, it stood out very well excellent indeed and it just felt right it felt like a really nice tribute to all of the glory that mclaren have had 
and have been lacking over the last decade or so. But thankfully, that will be turning around. I just feel like the timing of this was just really unfortunate. And that other liveries that McLaren have done have sort of put this in the backseat almost because... I really do feel it's my favourite out of all of them. I love the chrome one. And the Abu Dhabi one, the snake-like effect on the airbox was okay. The stealth mode, it has its place. I do like the fact that the blue isn't there. And the Jack Daniels one, ugh, corporate. But yeah, the Triple Crown one, that is definitely my favourite McLaren livery. And will be the only McLaren livery on this list. It's unfortunate that its only crowning glory this year was a third place in qualifying for Lando. You know, the one where Max Verstappen had to do a double take to go like, what's McLaren doing there? The fifth worst, in my opinion, is an Alfa Romeo livery. What? You rated it as one of your favourites, the cherry red and black. It looks gorgeous. Yes, it does. But when you put electric green on it and don't change anything else, it's, it's jarring. Let's just say that. I get it. Stake and Kick is a major sponsor for Alfa Romeo, or at least was. We're not really sure about the arrangement with Sauber for next year, as of this recording. But you would think if they want to make a showcase livery to their title sponsor at a country where they cannot really promote the Stake brand, that the Kick one, considering how aggressively they're going after Twitch with their 95-5 motif in terms of revenue you get, they would want to try and dominate the livery as well. Maybe take up 95% of the livery with an all-electric green and black motif. That would have looked so cool, very gamery, very geeky, and very uh, matrixy in a way. But no, they didn't do any of that. And this has been something that Alfa Romeo has sort of had a trend with this year. They really don't go balls to the wall as often as you would think, because sometimes they have some really good ideas. And the Italian motif that they've done almost every single year they've been in existence has always been lovely. This year's one was pretty good, but didn't quite make this list. But this just felt really lacking. And the only reason that it sort of worked was they got the chance to use the intermediates and you had a green tire with the green wheel covers and the logos and stuff. I don't know. It just felt very, uh, very minimal effort. And it still reiterates to this day that the only time I've ever seen light green really work, I mean, truly work in a livery, is a mid-90s Minardi. Still one of my favourites. Considering how this team makes lovely patterned liveries in the past, this was just phoned in and clashes with the red. Why not just go stealth mode? Seriously, it would have been so much nicer. So yeah, forget it. Now, the fourth best one is the Alpha Tauri livery from Las Vegas and Abu Dhabi. Now, this is a bit of a weird one. So do hear me out on this one. Why have I picked this one? Well, come on. It's a trip, isn't it? The moment I first clapped eyes on that livery, I was like, what? That... Oh, there's actually some method in this madness because the reason why they went with this livery, it was in collaboration with a fashion designer, Brendan Monroe, very famous apparently, but not famous to me because I've never heard of this guy before this livery came out. And they've been promoting the brand collaboration they've had with Alpha Tauri because remember, Alpha Tauri, they're a clothes brand. They're not just an F1 team. The impact you can tell is very intense. And under the lights of Vegas, it was very striking and had a pleasant surprise too, albeit very trippy. But I feel like it would have been really nice considering that at the same time they were partnering up with Bandai. They had Yuki Tsunoda showcasing off Gundam. We didn't get an RX-78 design on the car. We did get an AlphaTauri designed Gundam, which was nice, but we didn't get that on the car. Can you imagine all of the motifs that you see on a Gundam on the car that would have made it look really machine-like, almost like a fighter jet? It would have been so good. I would have preferred that, but what we got was still quite 
bizarre. And I like when special one-off liveries are quite bizarre and are very different to what you see in the regular car, because otherwise what makes it special? What's the point of even having it? Just a shame we didn't really see much of it at Abu Dhabi, despite the fact that Yuki Tsunoda was really trying his best to try and get seventh for the AlphaTauri this year. But either way, I still quite like it for the fact that it's just uh, quite striking and appropriate. Which is not something I can say about the next one. And that is a Red Bull livery, and it's the Miami one. Now, why am I putting this here? I know it's a fan-designed one. I'm not slating the person who designed this livery. I'm not chastising any of that. What I am chastising is the fact that Red Bull picked it and deemed it the best. Really? Was it the best, though? Because there are so many other motifs for Miami that you can do. Where's the teal? Where is the chalky font that makes it look like it's come off from a 90s drink bottle or can or cup? It just doesn't really feel 90s Miami. That's something we've not really seen. Where's the gradient? Where's the Vice City Grand Theft Auto stuff? It just doesn't really feel complete in my opinion. To me, it just looks like three intertwining lines. It doesn't really scream Miami to me because the other two liveries, when you compare those two, the Austin one and the Vegas one, you know where you are. The Vegas one is quite smart and it's also relatively discreet, which is very unlike another livery that we're going to be talking about later. But you feel like the Austin one, yeah, that just screamed out Murica. It's just a shame that Daniel Ricciardo wasn't driving it and that would have just made him really, really happy because he does love his Americana, that Daniel. But you just feel like the first one, the first fan livery they did, they were able to at least learn some things about selection, about location. This one just didn't really feel Miami to me, so it was a bit of a letdown. But again, I'm not slating the person who originally designed it. It's more about Red Bull and their choice. Okay, the third best one. And this might be a little bit controversial here, but I'm going for the Williams Golf Library. Why am I doing that? How dare I do that? Well, okay, I understand your annoyance, but it is on here for a good reason, because there were two even better ones. You see, when Williams ran that campaign to make a golf-themed livery, which finally happened, I was really worried that it was not going to happen in their first season with the sponsor, that they were opening it up to four different designs that were fan-generated, and that people could choose which one was the best in a tournament bracket style. Okay, that's good. Williams are listening to the audience, which is nice. And also takes away some of the blame for people when they don't like it. But the one that they went for, the bold one, I wasn't really a fan of. And I talked about it when I did my reactions to those four liveries. And I felt like the best way you could have improved that is to get rid of those bold lines. And I don't know if I've got a photoshopped image here about what I did, but here it is. I feel like it would have been a lot smarter and sleeker. But then again, it wouldn't have been exactly bold, would it? But I personally liked the heritage design. I felt like it would have been really classy and very nostalgic, considering how long Williams had been in the sport. It would have been really neat to have had that. And I also understand why it wasn't selected, because it is kind of a little similar to what McLaren did with golf in 2021, that being a modern classic. And when you try and compare the two, I think the Williams one would have just fallen to the wayside. It wouldn't have been nearly as impactful. But one thing I'm really happy about is that in all four designs, and in fact, all of the designs, all of the one-off liveries that Williams did this year, the Duracell motif on the airbox was maintained. I love that. It's one of the cutest design cues in modern Formula One design. The airbox, the way they put the colours, it looks like a battery. And Duracell made batteries. That's genius. But as you can probably tell, there's also the times when they don't do it right. And that came at Las Vegas. Not even the Duracell motif on the airbox could save this one because this was just, to me, 
and assault on the eyes. Now, look, I get it. I understand what Williams is trying to do here. They are putting in an effort, and considering where we are in the situation, Las Vegas, it's known for being garish, loud, and an absolute overstimulation for the eyes. Yes, I understand that, and they followed the mission statement perfectly. But the problem is, though, is that they didn't really have enough real estate to try and realise it properly. It just was all cramped, compacted into the rear third of the car, where it really didn't have room to breathe, so there was just too much going on in a singular space. The only time that the car was able to have an entire livery dedicated to one motif was the Golf one, which is understandable because it's effectively the major sponsor, or the title sponsor effectively, of Williams at this moment. But the other ones just felt really cramped. The least cramped I felt like was the Silverstone UK 800 livery. That one was quite classy. The American one was nice too. But I felt like the Vegas one just didn't have enough room to really properly showcase itself. It was just too much in a very cramped space. The rear wing though was kind of cool. That was nice. But hey, they tried. They at least tried. Now brace yourself folks for another Las Vegas themed livery and this one comes from Ferrari. I said it before and I will say it again. This was a very classy livery and a nice nod to the likes of Mario Andretti's Ferrari where he got his first win at the 1971 South African Grand Prix. Now the red and white with Ferrari is very nostalgic to the 70s and 80s in particular. And you could easily say it's another reminder to the 2000s era of dominance where Ferrari was predominantly red and white. One of my favourite touches is the fact that they include the driver's name on the side pod with some pinstripe white, and it's in the classic Ferrari font of the driver names that we saw in the 70s and the 80s. But yeah, that hand cursive stuff, brilliant. This feels like a time capsule and it's very smart. I just wish the weight-saving meshes for paint and vinyl allowed us to see the entire car with red and white. And you know what's really annoying? It's the fact that the Seva splodge, which I thought was there for weight-saving, it was carbon instead of paint or vinyl, that was vinyl white, which showed us that all along, that side pod could have just been all red and it really wouldn't have made a difference. That was one of the biggest issues I had with the general livery, is that we just had this random splodge on the side pod and now it turns out it could have been avoided. What's going on here? But having said that though, the rest of the livery still looks really nice and it was one of the, if not the best, liveries we saw in Vegas. But one of the worst ones that we saw came at the British Grand Prix. Now, okay, when a team announces a very major sponsor has joined their ranks, this is usually a cause for celebration, that there is a little bit of extra income coming in. And Aston Martin, riding the waves of success that they had with Fernando Alonso at the beginning of the year, many more sponsors taking notice of what they're achieving, and a brand new team to put their logo on, this is great. We find out that Valvoline, a very major sponsor internationally, has decided to collaborate with Aston Martin. That's cool. Are they going to do some kind of big one-off livery to celebrate the collaboration? The joint venture? Are they maybe going to have a one-off where instead of Cognizant on the side pod or on the airbox from Aramco, we could maybe have the Valvoline logo on it? Uh, well, we didn't get that. We didn't get a car with the red, white, blue and dark blue motif of the Valvoline logo. I had to squint to find out what they did. And it was just some stickers and an end plate with the shark fin being red and blue as well. Oh, I could have put this higher, but I didn't because the base AMR23 livery is a modern classic. It's one of those liveries, you know, that you feel like you look at it and you go, yes, that does not need to change. Keep it as it is. Kind of like with the Red Bull livery or the Marlboro McLarens. 
you just feel like that's the kind of livery where it does not need to change. It's perfect. It just should be fine as it is. And you feel like with the Aston ones, that's really something that should be kept as the baseline. You just feel like with the Valvoline intrusions, you just felt like it was a, just a tainting of it all. If you're gonna celebrate a brand new sponsor, it should just be in a more bombastic way or something with a little bit more clout, like a one-time thing on the side pods. Put that logo there, brilliant, great, fantastic. Or put it on the airbox. They really made a big song and dance about it. Like they dedicated an entire livery reveal to the inclusion of Valvoline colors. This wasn't just like a, oh yeah, we got a new sponsor. Okay, cool. But at the very least, it's uh, it's money coming in for the team, which is something that cannot be said, well, what's the worst one? But first, what was the best one? And I think you can probably guess from what I said. It's the Ferrari livery again, but this time from Monza. Now this, this needs to be the default Ferrari livery from now on. It is perfect. Well, okay, maybe not entirely perfect. You could just do with the entire car having color on it. Thanks, weight saving. But the moment I looked at that livery and realized what it stood for, it stood for Ferrari glory, domination, success, prosperity, a lovely touching poignant story of Antonio Giovinazzi, who didn't have the best time of it in Formula One, finding his feet at Le Mans with a team in world endurance, getting that win. That was so, so touching. And Ferrari's tribute to that with the Monza livery, it was just so good. You feel like that basic color scheme for the world endurance cars, the hyper cars, the Formula One motif, that is the standard that Ferrari needs to be. You feel like the entire livery is working to make a really beautiful design. You got the extra addition of the yellow, which is part of Ferrari's DNA. You just feel like the colors that you know are red, white, black, yellow. Those four colors work with Ferrari, especially the Scuderia Ferrari. It just feels natural. And I love what they did with the racing overalls as well. You just felt like at their home race, they just got everything right with design. I get that Ferrari has history with red and white, but red and black is just as powerful. And when you add the yellow into the mix as well, considering it's bringing success in Le Mans for the first time in decades, and as we saw with the pit crew in the 80s and the 90s, it's just brimming with history. It just feels complete. This, to me, is the ultimate livery of the Ferrari modern age. Which is not what can be said for what Alfa Romeo did at Zandvoort. This thing? This thing? When we could have had this thing? Because this was meant to be a collaboration with a well-known graffiti artist known as Boogie, and the showcase that they originally did was very reminiscent of what they've done in the past Alfa Romeo when they cover the entire car in a particular pattern. The hearts and clover motif they did for their first test in 2019 as a proper brand instead of just being a collaboration with Sauber. What they did for Vegas and strangely Abu Dhabi considering what the laws and principles are in that country. But that was a nice nod as the beginning and the end. That was a really nice touch. But this was something that they decided to not go with. And instead what we got was one of the laziest special liveries that I have ever seen. It was just on the front wing and on the engine cover where most cameras probably would never see it. I did consider putting the Alpine Vegas one on this list. That that was kind of lazy as well. But now I've had time for it to just marinate in my mind 
I kind of don't mind it. It's got that kind of gunmetal finish and the flecks of different metallic sheens. It does work well under the Vegas lights. And it's very apropos considering the fashion designer and the clothes brand that they were working with at Alpine. And those jackets were admittedly really cool. But with the Alfa Romeo, what they picked for Zandvoort was just so disappointing. Considering what they were celebrating, that art car, they were making a big song and dance of it themselves. Like they were bringing an art car. And the last time I heard of art car was the Ligier of 1993. Now that is an art car. And what Boogie celebrated and showcased originally in those photos, that was an art car. That was really cool. But my personal musings is that it's really hard to see the sponsors. And I feel like the sponsors probably were going, you can't see us. It's going to be really difficult to see our logos and we might not get attention and we'll lose money and it's just not as powerful. And so I think Alfa Romeo acquiesced and dialed it back. So that means it's just on the front wing. And most of the time, the front wing's usually blank. So they weren't losing any sponsorship real estate. So it's just a bit of a letdown because graffiti is meant to be all-encompassing. You just see it everywhere. You see huge murals of graffiti and it will just cascade for hundreds of feet. It's meant to dominate your line of vision. Whereas here, it was just... Uh, just in one place. It wasn't special at all. And at least the spa livery, it kind of followed what Kick was trying to do, but then it didn't. But this one did it worse. It wasn't ugly per se, but it was just such a disappointment. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. Really do appreciate it, and until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.